This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I am your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Greg Miller. Hey, Damon. Colin Moriarty is here. And Andrew Goldfarb is also here. Back in the chair. Gamescom 2012 is underway in Germany. You'll get there again. That's today, true. you were, you know, you just, you, you. I was slow, I was slow. You ceded it to Colin, that's, that's all. Well, you seniority. Even, yeah. Been here about four years longer than you, so I'm that's getting, true. I'm getting <laughs> I deserve it. So I'm getting the couch. He's earned this. <laughs> Uh, Greg, you and I went to Gamescom together once. Yeah, we did, yeah, that was a fun time. Colin and I, you went and I went to Gamescom together. It was once. a hell of a time. We smoked, a, we smoked Cuban cigars. We, we did, yeah. with the fans actually. Yeah, uh, that, it's such a good time. Yeah, what if all three of us were in Germany together for Gamescom? I would, I would be unhappy usually, yeah. probably. You don't, you don't like to travel internationally. International anymore. travel, not my. Fa- I like Japan a lot. J- it was one of those things like Japan. We turned it around because we went there and you told me to live the Damon Hatfield lifestyle, and I was all right. It's the Damon Hatfield lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen. In it's Germany, I did not live the Damon Hatfield lifestyle. I was not as happy, and I remember <laughs> the the. the the, the story to show you how bitter I was in Germany. <laughs> These beautiful girls, like they're 20, Colin, they come walking up with cake and they're like, well, you want to buy some cake? And I'm like, no! And I walked right past them. <laughs> it was all a It was like a... They were uh, trying to get married. They were trying to... Get, she's yeah, like, she oh. was raising money for her wedding and she was selling pastries on the street. And I was like, sure. I, 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 I'm all mean and I'm like, no! And I steamroll right through the middle of them and Damon stops and buys the cake. So I have to walk back all sheepishly. I had a great... I had a surprisingly great time in Germany. <laughs> no, you did. Was, was Japan your last international trip? Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago. It's, it's about time and, again. Me and Mark that Bozon. was like 2008. Yeah. So yeah, that was a long time. The old time Mark Bozon train. We were over there eating the ramen. He ate the horse flesh. Eric Brendan was there too. Bozon. You know, doesn't ring a bell? Bozon. No, doesn't ring a bell. Anyway, this year's game. What do you have to say, Andrew? No, I, I would love to go international. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I went to, to LA once. Going full you love to go to SF Subco right now. You just want to go anywhere you yeah. can go. You is there a location? The SF Subco location? There is in Cologne. It's, right, it's inside the Dom. I think. <laughs> it's actually, the historical location. Uh, Sony held a press conference just uh, today. 
Sony uh, didn't hold a press conference. They dominated Gamescom. Today. Really? It's yeah. over now? Yeah. I'm, call I'm, it? I'm proofreading an article right now from Mitch Woo. saying that Sony won before it even started. Okay. I don't, well, know, how I don't know how he knew that it won. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Sony does not have a lot of competition this year. Yeah, at Microsoft, Gamescom. not sure. Karen. Neither no, Microsoft nor yeah. Nintendo yeah. are there. And then big names like THQ, uh, Sega. Uh, other third-party names aren't there. There's yep. just Sony. Big names like the always in the news for financial trouble, <laughs> THQ and are, Sega. And <laughs> You're saying that too, they're just not a big name. Uh, uh, when you walk around, you just have your pockets pulled out. And you look like this. Probably not going to Gamescom. <laughs> okay. Um, Capcom was there. Yeah. Dark Souls Two is out today. That's a THQ. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's hope that one sells well. Some. Otherwise, we won't be talking about THQ too. Some people like that game. Yeah. Have you played? Are it? you one of them? I played the beginning of it at uh, E3, but I'm going to start it later. Yeah, you haven't really played that. Shut exactly. Gold exactly. Farm Jeez. Anyway, the announcements. Uh, Sony had a bunch of announcements yeah, at its uh, press conference today. Uh, where to begin? Where to begin? How about with Until Dawn? What is Until Dawn? New about game. a girl in a bra. Yeah. About a girl yeah. in a bra. Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you catch I'm the trailer? On board. No, I haven't. You. This is your game. Yes. Now here's the here's, one. Now hold on a second, because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, you're immediately gonna go. Ugh, no, it's not your game. It's a PlayStation Move game. Stick with me. Don't go yet. Okay. But it's a horror movie. PlayStation Move game. The the, the move. So it's is like Rise be... of Nightmares. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Because this looks like a this looks like a real like you know, like there are all these like teens going to a cabin. There's a girl in a bikini. She wants to have sex with a guy, and they're saying all these stupid things. Like, we're gonna get drinking in here. We're gonna have the sex in here. I don't remember the. <laughs> this, this is where we right. drink. I don't. This I don't remember the sex. I don't remember the direct quotes, but that's what they're driving at. But then you use the you know you're using it as a flashlight. The PlayStation Move in this creepy cabin, this creepy wooded area and stuff. Okay. It looks cool. I, yeah, it's it's definitely a cool idea. But that was my thing. I I tweeted how great how I was excited for it. Based on that, and then I hit send, and then I immediately followed up with, "I hope it's not. I hope it's not Rise of the Nightmares. The Rise of the yeah. Nightmares." Yeah. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. It like looked a little uh, Alan Wakey when he sure. Alan Wakey sure. the flashlight. I, I believe that's an official <laughs> adjective. <laughs> um, okay, so a horror game that uses PlayStation Move. Yeah, yes. flashlight. Um, all right, so it's playable at Gamescom. Mm -hmm. So either Mitch or Charles, the raging or Canadian, uh, or Keza, will will we'll check it out and play it and. Hopefully they'll have more to report on that one. It's been in development for a long time. I assume that. Yeah, long rumored. You, you described it in your news story. Yeah, people on. have been talking about this game. This game. This the name of this game has been floating around for several years. So and this I, is one I, of the URLs that got out. Yeah, like I wrote about it just a, a week or two ago about the trademark being renewed for the game too, and rain. So they basically gave away those two yeah. things if you pay close attention. It's um, crazy how many of those rumors ended up being right. Like it was it was two games from Sony Studio Japan. Who thought Sony couldn't keep secrets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for once, something leaked out, David. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you mentioned Rain. This yeah. is another game that was just announced today for PlayStation Network. It's yeah. beautiful, also. It's yeah. beautiful. I think yeah, this cool. one's interesting. It's a, it looks like it's a little puzzler game or whatever. You're a boy. You you are invisible. You're after this girl, and uh, the only way you're seen another now is girl when, game. Yeah. Well, you know they know they know what the boys like, Damon. <laughs> Chasing them girls. Well, as we all know, uh, only boys play video games. Only yes. boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for boyfriend mode. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's just every video game, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> main, the main mode is boyfriend mode in every video game. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you're a boy, you're invisible. Uh, as you walk around, the rain falls on you, and you get to see your silhouette, but you also get to see uh, some creatures in the world silhouettes, too. Uh, probably enemies, probably gonna chase you down and eat your face. <laughs> but you walk around, you look like you're platforming, pushing stuff around. What am I forgetting, Colin? No, no, Sony Japan's making it, though, so it has a chance it won't even come out. <laughs> <laughs> Six years from now, we'll still be talking about rain. What's the other one, Black Swan? Oh, the unfinished, unfinished one. one. Unfinished one. But that's okay. not Sony Japan. I know, but it was, I'm thinking of it as a, an artistic PlayStation Network game. Yep. Sure. Uh, yeah, PlayStation Network. That's their whole thing, right? They're going for like these boutique titles, then, mm. or you know, speaking to 
interesting people. Three in uh, like 3D games? That's the official slogan. You I like that? I got a little bit ahead. Boutique titles speaking to interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit ahead of myself on that one. I got, I got, I was in the sentence before I knew where I, the destination was. That's all I could come up with. Interesting people. Oh, I hope that's the I official so tagline yes. that they start using. Yeah. Um, so how, like, it's a three, Rain is a 3D game? Yeah. You would control it as a normal, like, you know, 3D, third-person action game. Yeah, hard to say from the little bit of trailer we saw, because we're writing the news, Paint looking at the trailer. For our, for our listeners, what yeah. it looked to me was like it's going to be a fixed camera angle for different parts of the level you're in. So you'd walk into one side, and then you're, like, moving a box or doing something like this, maybe a little bit elevated from over here at the one part yeah. when you were walking around, you saw all the creatures over here and there. So there you go. That's the picture I'm painting. Okay. You said it was beautiful. How do you describe the graphics? I, I, I did, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's beautiful graphically in the way that like Uncharted 3 is beautiful graphically, but I just meant like the art style is really cool. Yeah. It's like, you know, it seems very, like, totally spot on. It seems, it reminds me of like Unfinished Swan or Journey or Flower or any of the other like, like really creative PlayStation Network games. Mm -hmm. Boutique titles for interesting people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then what is Puppeteer? Puppeteer is Mike Pereira's most anticipated game. Of the game. show! <laughs> he got so excited during The game that. looks great. Unfortunate yeah. name. Yeah, why? Name's not because it makes it seem like it's like a PlayStation Move or casual game. So it's, it's just not. A, no, I, I don't. I don't think it is. I mean, from what I was like, I, I don't know the exact details of the game. From what I was looking at, it looks like a pretty hardcore 2D side-scrolling action game. Yeah, it looks really cool. So it all takes place on a stage. Let's see if I can get this right. It takes place on a stage. See. You play as a boy named Kutro, who. His has been turned into a wooden boy, and his head has been knocked off. Now he can replace his head with other objects. Also, he's looking for a pair of magical scissors to take down <laughs> the, 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 the Moon Bear King. Yeah. Okay. It's starting to sound like Sony's doing some weird stuff. Yeah, like that's this, good. Routine titles for yeah. interesting people. <laughs> and this one's also Studio Japan, we should say. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Network? Uh, it looks like retail? It. It looks like a PlayStation Network game to me. See, I hope that's so. not a retail game. I was thinking it looked like a retail game. Really? Yeah, it yeah. kind of struck me as it might be retail too. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it kind of <laughs> looks like. Uh, I mean, it, aesthetically, it looks a little bit like Little Big Planet to me. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh yeah. 100%. And that was the interesting thing about Media Molecule coming out and showing their new game. Even that kind of seemed like, oh, this could be. Yeah. What was their What was their new game? Tearaway. Tearaway. Yeah. Vita exclusive. So not surprising actually. You kind of knew that the first parties must be working on Vita games. Yeah. Yeah, you hope so. Gotta play something on that thing. Yeah. It, it is kind of weird, just to ignore this whole new thread of conversation and go back to Puppeteer for sure. a second. It's weird that they announced two Studio Japan games and didn't even say, like, they're also working on Last Guardian, don't you they worry. The Last Guardian's not coming. They the abandoned Last, Last Guardian. Guardian. No we will never play Last Guardian. My, predi my prediction about The Last Guardian is that it's no longer called The Last Guardian. It's no longer on PlayStation 3. And if we see it at all, it'll be a PS4 game. Um, wow. And it'll maybe be downloadable and no one will care about it. I mean, I don't know how anyone could possibly care about this game anymore. It's clearly... Yeah. It's clearly uh, Caleb Lawson does. It's clearly effed. What's, what a uh, surprise. What's, what's the new name? Uh, Puppeteer. A boy and his bird dog? <laughs> yeah, bur a boy. Bird dogging. <laughs> Something abstract. I mean, like I said a million times and beyond, Team Eco hasn't put out a game the entire generation. Mm -hmm. The entire that is true. generation. The entire Uncharted trilogy plus The Last of Us will have come out before in, in the time it's taken this game to be in development. So just marinating on that. Yeah, there will be a hundred Wonder Book titles before, <laughs> before The Last Guardian. Wouldn't that be weird to be like going to work every day and working on stuff, but none of it ever coming out for, what, six years now? Yeah. Well, if you're doing that, I doubt you're doing much work. <laughs> so is that the reason There's a lot Guardian? of tweeting. There's a lot of blogging. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting chatter about that game as far as like them having to basically rebuild it. It's, ba it's basically the form in which we saw it when Clement saw it playable in Tokyo a couple years ago. When they it's debuted the NGP. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not NGP. the game as it is now. Like, it's not the same game. Yeah, remember the next generation portable? I do. Play it every day. 
I think the reason the Vita hasn't been such a runaway success is because they didn't just go with the original they name. They stuck with NGP. Yeah. great yeah. name, yeah. NGP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Tearaway, a new game from Media Molecule. It's an adventure game. Uh, yeah. So not uh, a uh, user-generated content game, or at least not based entirely around that. Like yeah. League Media Molecule realized there's no money in that, and they got the hell out of there. <laughs> uh, is that true? No, no. I it's like it's no, Little Big Planet sells well. It's yeah, it's very popular. Planet. A lot it's of kids like Little Big Planet. Yeah, well, it's disappointing. Though. I'm, I'm a little disappointed with Tearaway. Not, I mean, it looks a little abstract, which is fine, but it's not really that different, uh, aesthetically at least, from Little Big Planet. And even mechanically, I mean, it's 3D and stuff, but it doesn't look... This is, they said they wanted to do something else. This really isn't something else. You know, yeah, I, really? wanted, I wanted them to do something like radically different with radically different graphics and like really flex their muscles. They're, talented. They're one of the most talented studios in Sony Stable. Are they doing Little Big Planet Vita? No. 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 They just consulted. The yeah, guys, they're yeah. done with Little Big Planet. They stepped away yeah, from They the said that they don't want to do it anymore. I get that. You, know, you make two yeah. games. That's, that in itself is years and years and years of work. So yep. you, know, you want to move on. I, I do think it's interesting they were like, oh, check out these like cutting edge. It's, it's like it's a paper silhouette on the background of a real. And I was like, well, that's sort of the little big plan art style. Like, yeah. it struck me as weird. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little disappointed in it, to be honest. But I mean, we don't, it could be excellent, but I mean, I, was, I wanted something totally radically different from them, and that's not it. Cool integration of touchscreen and stuff, though. You can poke your fingers through, and you can through the hop on trampolines. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. ruin your system. It was called a little deviant, so look what happened to big, big studios. Touche. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> Mr. Well, Positivity, <laughs> Colin Moriarty. Speaking of Vita games and Vita games with touch controls, their Killzone Mercenary was also announced. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, that looks great. It's, it's a first-person shooter, not possible on any other platform. No, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Said, I like that. They said that twice, which I thought was funny. Mm. So yeah. you, you like this one. You like this one. You're excited. Looks, looks pretty looks good. Yeah, looks really yeah, nice. looks I, I, don't, I don't care about Killzone at all, but the, the, um, I played you know, Killzone 2 and 3 I beat. Um, it doesn't really do it for me, but just having anything really at the, on the Vita at this point is exciting. That that looks, you know, uh, it sounds so sad. It, it's, it, it, such well, a, it's a cool system. It is. It just doesn't really have cool many games. But you know, Gorilla. Say what you will about Gorilla, they they, they seem like a one-trick pony to some because of their. Con they've only developed one game that is not a Killzone game. Um, so and this uh, continues that trend, but it looks totally competent. When you've played the likes of Resistance, Burning Skies, I think you're kind of looking for a shooter that from a studio that's really good. And Gorilla is a good studio. Yeah. See, that's what's exciting. It's a first-person shooter, not from the people who did Resistance, Burning Skies, <laughs> yeah. like Call of Duty on the Vita. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, that good. is the megaton that I think no one's no one's acknowledging. By well, the so way, so what's the problem with that one? So Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified. Finally see footage of it today. Yeah. yeah. First time ever. And Find out the single player stuff fills in. It's single player missions between Black Ops and Black Ops 2. Yep. Interesting. All right, cool. I'm on board. 4v4 Wi-Fi. All right, tell me more. Developed by... Nihilistic Software. Developers of of Resistance, Burning Skies. The and, only other first-person shooter on the Vita that we give a 5-5 five, five PlayStation <laughs> Move Heroes. So PlayStation Move Heroes has a Metacritic score of 54. And Resistance has a, a Metacritic score of 60, as I wrote in my story that I just wrote before we came up here to record this. And it's just very concerning that Sony and Activision don't care enough about this game to give it to a developer that has made good games. Because no offense to those guys, they're nice guys. We know them. Yeah, really nice guys. Um, but their games, uh, they, they have no games like that are excellent to speak of. And you'd think that you'd want a great developer to make Call of Duty. That's why they- It's they, so easy to, all they had to do was do, hey, like you can play multiplayer matches from this and the experience you earned goes to Black Ops 2. Didn't even need a single player mode. It could have literally been that. It could have been Black Ops 2 multiplayer on the go, and sure. it would have sold better than this probably. Now, and then, but now that's to Activision's fault, not yeah. to these guys. Sure, well, I guess that's Call of Duty sells itself, right? Like even the Wii versions of the you know the Call of Duty ports sell well. Yeah, um, I mean that's the thing they announced a bundle for it too. There'll be a declassified bundle with the Vita. Uh, you get a, it's got a customized back touch <laughs> panel and say has yeah, guns. The part of the, the, the part that you never see that you never yeah. look at. <laughs> yeah. that's all smudged up and shit. <laughs> 
A uh, few more updates. Uh, four new characters announced coming to PlayStation All-Stars. Mm -hmm. Sackboy, Ratchet, Dante from Devil May Cry, and Spike from Ape Escape. Just su so surprising. <laughs> I mean, it's great that they didn't have any leaks, that we didn't see any of this coming. That was really awesome. We already knew about Dante? Yeah, like so these were all in that, that leak from uh, yeah, the yeah. beta, which is kind of crazy. But they look really cool. Like th That's kind of what I was saying when that stuff leaked out. It's still exciting finally seeing them in motion, you know, seeing like Dante's crazy combos and like yeah. Sackboy is amazing and Sack, hilarious. Sackboy's really, really cute. That's yeah, really yeah. creative. Yeah, it's, um, so I was telling Greg and, and Gold, I, I went to Superbot last week and I could finally talk about it or whatever. And I saw a lot and I can't talk about most of what I saw, but, but I can talk about these characters and the, the gameplay in general in All-Stars, I think people are really sleeping on this game. Um, like the way the developers well, play. What do you mean? Because it's the most popular PlayStation 3 game on IGN. It's all contextual, though, right? I mean, like it's still not like as popular as. It, first of all, people love to hate this game, and I think that's why a lot of people are clicking on it. Um, but I think that when if you play the beta, and I know a lot of people haven't played the beta yet, um, the way that people are playing the game is not the way the developers play the game. And the, the way the developers play the game is very strategic and very interesting, and really changes the game up. And is giving me like a new lens into how the game I think is designed to be played. Because I played it with Seth Killian and. You know, uh, Omar Kendall and, and Champ Park and all these guys that are working on the game have been working on the game for years, like fighting OGs, basically, fighting genre OGs. And, and it's just a really fascinating game. I really ha have high expectations for the game now. Um, and I'm excited for people to learn more as time goes on. But we have exclusive videos of all these characters. We have a huge exclusive on all these that's guys. Really cool. The only site that has footage of those characters. IGN.com. It's cool <laughs> you've got old characters like Spike from Ape Escape and then someone totally brand new like the new Dante. Yeah, right? that's, that's, that's the what's new so Dante, cool about right? The it is right. Emo, yeah, yeah, yes, Dante. Exactly. Or as the negative nickname Dino, people call him Dante, uh, name only. Um, but <laughs> <that's> really <laughs> <yeah>. dumb. <laughs> it's a foreign nickname. Okay. Um, I, I, what I love about it is exactly what you just said. This blends what's so cool about PlayStation All-Stars is that it's it's paying tribute to the history of the PlayStation brand, but it's also about the current PlayStation brand. So it's like, you know, some people are saying it's like a marketing tool that they're putting in third-party characters, but I don't see it as that at all. I see it as an awesome legacy thing where it's like, right now, Devil May Cry and Tekken Tag Tournament 2 and, you know, Bioshock Infinite are coming, so why not have crossover characters? I think it's smart. Yeah, I'm a little, I mean, I, I know that a lot of people aren't too hot on this, uh, this character being in the game, or at least this version of Dante, but the way he plays is actually really interesting. Seems really I, cool, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think um, people are going to be surprised about how he plays. He's basically combo-based. Um, like, as Goldfarb has pointed out, like, some of the characters in the game carry over their combos and, like, the button mashing and stuff from the original game, like Kratos does. Yeah. And da Dante is, is, you know, a similar character where you're kind of reacting and using combos. He plays unlike any other character in the game, which is really cool. So. Also announced today was that it will feature cross-buy, which is mm. a yeah, new, this new was feature. Great. Sony's finally like, ah, oh, wait, we've been forgetting something with yeah. this Vita. All right. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale is coming to both PlayStation 3 and Vita, and so the cross-buy... Uh, System means if you buy it on PS3, you get the Vita version for free. Right. Is it disappointing that it doesn't work the other way? Yeah, I don't. I, did they say that implicitly? Because when I well, I did, that's I how just, they described the it. I, 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 yeah, I wrote based on what they said of the thing, and that's, that's how they described. That's it. interesting because um, yeah, they. I, I don't know. I mean, it is a little weird. I, I assume the PS3 version will just come with a voucher exactly. that you will download the game yeah. with, and maybe it's just not you know possible logistically for them to do it with the Vita. I don't. I don't know. See, you say I, I think it's the same way either. No matter how you get it, I think it's the exact same way, right? I mean, I guess the, f the thing would be that you'd get a voucher code, so if you had a small stick, memory stick on your Vita, you maybe you want the game card version of it. But it's still the same thing, right? It's, and it, it would have to be 60 bucks to well, that's buy the, the Vita thing. version. Yeah, so like yeah. How, how much is the Vita version going to cost? Because the retail version will cost 60 we have to assume, right? Yeah, Uncharted yeah. was the most expensive game, and it was 50 so you'd assume that and it would be... But if it's the same exact game, why would you... Pay less? Why? I mean, why wouldn't you pay less for it? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so a good that, point. That yeah. I understand is the problem. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, it's a 
I don't know. I don't think the things that I, I think about the game are people are going to care. Like Superbot's not developing the Vita version of the game. We don't really know how. You know, we've only played it like briefly at E3. Yeah. We haven't really seen it since, so maybe it's you know the fidelity of the game might be different. I don't know. You know, Blue Point's developing it, so investigate, in, in, investigate this, Greg. Okay. Well, it's also remember it's also working for other games. Uh, uh, Ratcheting. Sly Cooper. Okay. Ratchet, which they announced. Yeah, full frontal, full frontal. slot yeah, is coming. To Rat- it's, fun. it's exciting that Ratchet's coming to Vita. Yeah. Because that's that's like a tower defense game, basically, right? So is it a new Ratchet game? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They announced it back in Ratchet Tower May Defense or game, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Color name and Hatfield, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, you. This like, is relevant to my. Interests. I think. Uh, I think you like. Like, how was it described? Like you. You are. You have a, like it's tower defense, but you're like running around in between waves to like collect things. So yep. it's not like Plants vs Zombie, where it's very stagnant. It's yeah, like, it's more it's, like pixel junk monsters. Yeah. where you got to run to the trees and get stuff. A little bit like what uh, Fortnite sounds like too, which is that that like in between waves of tower defense, you're like scavenging basically. Mm. So. I think it looks cool, and uh, Sly Cooper, I think, is also cross by. Yeah, I said that already. I've been hearing rumors, and I haven't, I haven't confirmed this yet, but that that Sly Cooper's delayed until. Yeah, some kid tweeted us about that. I tweeted back at him, asked where he got I've, it. Other, no, other people tweeted at me too. It's that, that news exists somewhere, so I'll look into All it. Right. Yeah. Cool. Colin, uh, Sleeping Dogs is out today. Mm-hmm. You reviewed it. Mm-hmm. You gave it an eight point five. Yes. You think the game is great. Yeah, it is. Recommend it's a great game. Open yeah. world action game, Grand Theft Auto in uh, Hong Kong. Is yeah, that a good yeah, way basically. Yeah, Your I review think, turned I, me around on it. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, I think it's a really it's a special game because it's it's not as derivative as you might think it is. I mean, I, I think the story, like I write in the piece, is like where it really hooks you in. Uh, Wei Shen is a detective, and he's like undercover cop, and you don't really know like if he's like getting sucked into the triad that he's like trying to infiltrate, or if he's like going to be a cop. Like the story is actually very compelling and. Um, I don't think it's as good as Saints Row uh, the Third, and I don't think it's as good as Grand Theft Auto Four in some ways. But I, I think that it's still really solid and probably the sleeper hit I think of 2012 so far. I have not played it yet. Um, I want to check it out. I w- was on the live stream, so I watched it played for two hours and sat there with the developer while you described it. My one concern was that he really uh, said they were trying to go for a, g- a cool story, like an HBO drama style uh, serious story. And you mentioned in your, your review that you like the story a lot. Mm. But the disconnect for me is like the the combat is so ridiculous and over the top and like arcadey and I don't have any problem with video games being arcadey but I just like how do how does that contrast with trying to tell a serious story? It's yeah. also hard to reconcile a story like that in an open world game because like the way I play open world games is that I very rarely finish the story and when I do it's like the last thing I do you know like I just love exploring the world and doing all the side missions and stuff like that so like for me. I worry that it'll be a little bit of what Arkham City was, which is that going on those side missions distracted me from the story. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it took away whatever uh, gravitas that story was supposed to have. Oh, good word. Yeah, I, I, I still think. I mean, I, I, I think that's a legitimate qualm, and, and not something that really bothered me too much. Uh, just because I kind of look at the story in a vacuum, and like you kind of, you have to do it in like every. I mean, think about like Uncharted. Think about how great those stories are, especially Uncharted Three, which I think Greg and I agree is like the best Uncharted game, and and how awesome that story is. But then like Drake is just m- murdering. <laughs> hundreds of people in between, like the, the cutscenes, you know. So it's like yeah, you kind of have to, to be fair. It's in self-defense, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It is, but like you know, that's like totally unreal. You know, that's in itself is unrealistic. He's getting shot. He heals. He's. It's like when Bromley made that Call of Duty video with Altano, and they touched the car and they healed themselves and stuff like that. It's like you know, you got to suspend your disbelief with any video game, even games that are trying to be totally realistic. I think like Heavenly or uh, not Heavenly. I was gonna say Heavenly Sword. Heavenly uh, Sword, uh, totally uh, realistic. Uh, he- he- this sword's killing me. Heavy rain is what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, but in Sleeping Dogs, like you're fighting in a, a fish market, and you know you're you're an undercover cop, and you can lift guys up and hang them on meat hooks, and then knock them over onto a, a cart of 
uh, swordfish heads that are sticking straight up to themselves. I'm like, this is what the game yeah. is like. I also I mean, it's the, cool, but it's like, yeah, yeah. There's there's footage in your video review of the dude. Uh, he he slams a guy's head into like an air conditioning thing, yeah. and like the rotor at the yes. top is amazing. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I mean, I, I will say without spoiling it that some of the violence is explained in the story, and like he's not getting away with what you think he's getting away with. Okay. I, I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I am gonna I am gonna check it out. Yeah, you should. It's, it's out. It's out today. Uh, your, the review is up on IGN, and our, our guide is up too. If anyone needs help uh, working their way through the game. Castle Crashers is coming to Steam. Four years after it was uh, released on Xbox Live Arcade, two years after it was released on the PlayStation Network. They're in no hurry. I, I know. The behemoth, the uh, developer of Castle Crashers, they work, they I, work slowly. Damon, how do they how do, they do this? This how is what I wonder. This is what no I wonder. No to the behemoth. You make good games. Because they're working on Battle Block Theater, right? Yeah. This is the follow-up to Castle Crashers, which isn't out four years uh, after Castle Crashers, has no release date. It was announced in January 2009. We've, We've played it at every PAX. And every <laughs> Comic-Con, like it's just always there in that big, their big arcade setup. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, so uh, Castle Crashers sold very well. It sold like a million copies just on Xbox Live Arcade alone, right? Yeah. More on, on PlayStation Network, so, and they're a small team, so I guess they made enough money to just take their they time. They do a lot with merch, too. I don't know how That's much true. they do merch, do a lot but of merch, so. that definitely helps augment their income a lot. Decided, you know but the fact that this is coming to Steam way later is, I don't know. Like, at this point, does... If I was going to ask you to review the uh, <laughs> excitement around this announcement that it's coming to Steam, because there's not even a release date on Steam. They just announced Jeez. today that it's coming to Steam. I don't Two even, years more. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly don't care because because I've already played it on Xbox. Like yeah. I've gone through it and I've done it with my friends and now I'm just kind of over it. I guess if you never played it, cool. Like good for you, but oh, good for you. Where yeah. you where you been? I mean, people love that game, but uh, yeah, how many people on on PC like didn't play it already? Yeah, I mean, probably few and far between. But I'm sure it'll, it'll probably still sell pretty well. It'll yeah, be a sure. game. I'll buy it when it's on, on a Steam sale for two bucks. Yeah. Why? Yeah, uh, or never because we'll, we'll die before it comes out. <laughs> I know. The Steam version will have uh, voice chat, Steam achievements, gamepad support, Steam cloud support, plus local and online multiplayer. So all that good stuff. Mm. What about BattleBlock Theater? Is anybody interested? I feel like for, for me personally, it's taken too long, and now I've like yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. We played it how many years ago? I don't even remember what it is, but I remember <laughs> I played it and I enjoyed it and I wrote about it at PAX. Yeah. But now I have no idea what that game is. Honestly, anymore. that game I think is going to be at PAX again this year. Like it's not even to me worth writing about. Oh no, no. Because it was like it was no. like, you know, that was like the type of game that should have had a one year cycle. Maybe it was shown and then it came out I mean, like six months a, later. It's, it's a minigame collection. It it's is. A multiplayer and, and, and why is it taking so long? Like but it could be literally. I mean who knows? Like it could be maybe it'll come out and be great like Fez. Like, sure. You know, you don't sure. know. Sure, it's just it's just I don't care anymore. But yeah. I feel like there is like a, a certain amount of time when a game has been in development that it's it's too long and I just I just no longer am interested in following it anymore. I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly how long that is because Dust, an Elysian Tale, just came out on Xbox Live Arcade. And I was following that game years and years ago. Like, I, yeah. granted, that was like one guy that made that game. So, but still, I feel like there's there is a certain amount of time where I lose interest in following a game. Now, are we being elitists because we know everything? And we're in, we're exposed I mean, to this. I'm not we, trying to. I'm just. No, I know. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying you're elitist. But 
Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little elitist. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little guy. But our, it's one of those things, like, to the general consumer who probably doesn't even know about Battle Block Theater, doesn't see the packs every time they go to packs. I mean, yeah. you think there's a difference there that it's going to come out and it's going to say, from the makers of Castle Crashers, and they're going to be like, oh, man. Instead of being elitist, I think it's just, it depends on how closely you follow the industry. Right? Sure. I mean, I think the difference is, uh, I think at this point, I think Damon's completely fair to not follow development anymore. Like, you don't know, it's, it's another year, it's at another PAX, you don't need to keep an eye on what that game's up to, but then you, you tune back in when it comes out. You say, yeah, okay, well, how did, it, how did it turn out, you know? Yeah. And if it turned out awesome, then you buy it and love it, and if it didn't, then, you know, okay, fair enough. I keep touching your knee. Yeah, I know, the hand, <laughs> your hand you're, 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 you're into the hand motions. What's on your wrist, Greg? I got my Madden wristband okay. for, for like you know if I'm calling plays out in the out in the real world it's in I, the real whatever, world yes. that's how you know a quarterback would wear this in real world world and flip it up and he'd get the play and he'd check his play and then he'd go and he hike the ball and then so in Madden this year it came with my Madden review copy it's got all my connect commands on it here it looks like it's set. gonna be a pre-order bonus too because I see it a little says bit games, of GameStop, GameStop on the front so. of it yeah yeah so I can I can look at this if I forgot how to hike the ball I say general <laughs> hike oh, okay you can wipe hike. the shame off your fat face along with the sweat. <laughs> Oh, I have no shame. I like it. I've been, wear, I've been wearing it around the office all week for no reason. And it also, it, it what somebody, I, I was trying to explain to Altano what it was, and he had no idea what I was saying because he was talking about football. But it also looks like the Buzz Lightyear one. Yeah, that's true. Like, Buzz Lightyear <laughs> colors. That's true, sure. that's true. Yeah, it's the colors of Buzz Lightyear, too. I never put together that connects Command. colors are, are Buzz Lightyear yeah. colors. You can call Star Command. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. You got a bunch of Madden stuff coming up next week, don't you? Yeah, big Madden week next week. We got a live stream. Mm -hmm. We got a review. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be filming up at noon. They won't be on up at. Oh, I think maybe we're putting up at noon up on Friday. I forget. Anyway, a lot of Madden stuff next week. If you like Madden, park it at IGN.com. Tailgating fans. The exploration, puzzle solving, and combat combine to create an enthralling adventure. For more on Horn, check out IGN.com. Justin, there's this new iOS game. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Horn. I have. It's supposed to be amazing, is why I hear. I saw somebody tweeted today that if you're a hardcore gamer, this is the iOS game you've been waiting for. I think it was some guy, some Yahoo tweeted yeah, that probably, out. Probably Will Powers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. you reviewed Horn. Well, Horn for is super iOS. good. So, um, you know, Damon and I, something that you and I discuss is that we're not super wild about virtual buttons or virtual joysticks in, in games. They're and kind so, of a deal breaker for me. Right. They're, like girls who smoke. Well, yeah. But Don't if she smokes, she pokes. <laughs> Is that uh, a what? <laughs> what does that mean? It's a Family Guy reference, and what do you think it means? She pokes me? No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be poked. Anyway, you're just face palming over there. Um, yeah, so you know, virtual D-pads. I feel like uh, it's not as much of a deal breaker for me as it is for you. Um, I've played some games like League of Evil that I think control really well with like virtual buttons, but mm. I think it's lazy. I think they take a game like uh, Game Loft's Batman game, for example. Batman. Batman. Um, and they just copy, they say, here's the console controls, let's just slap them onto a touch screen, and that's it. And what excited me about Horn was it's not that. It's built from the ground up for, uh, you know, touch control in mind. Mm. So it's a third-person action adventure. It's kind of Zelda-ish. Um, when you go into combat, it's a little bit more like Infinity Blade. You can dodge left and right and sort of slash the screen to attack enemies. Um, but you can actually move around. You can actually, it's sort of this open, it's not an open world, it's level-based, but you can sort of tap to run somewhere, tap a ledge to jump to that ledge. Um, and it's all like context sensitive. So if you're like shimmying along like a tight ledge, you can swipe left and right to like sort of move and not fall off the ledge. And uh, it's really cool. It's sort of the first. There are, there have been other 3D games that were built sort of from the ground up with touch controls in mind, but this one Infinity works. Infinity Blade? Are you uh, yeah, but Infinity Blade, you can, there's no movement, right? Like you just sort of tap you're on points. Rails. Yeah, you're on rails. Okay. And uh, this one's an actual sort of like you can go explore caves and like, oh, you know, there's a dock. What's at the end of it? And you can sort of walk out on it. And they do it without, you know, virtual buttons and without like a virtual D-pad. It um, sounds very cool. So, so what's the flow of gameplay 
uh, if it's like Zelda, then you you explore, you find a dungeon, you figure out solve puzzles in the dungeon, then you fight a boss. Uh, sure. So it's not really like that. There's a hub world, and then it branches off into sort of branching missions, and uh, they're fairly short. They're I would say. 20 minutes long as each individual level. And it's not like this is some big open world that you can explore. It's still sort of linear, like within the level. You're going from point A to B to C. Like you solve this puzzle, then you fight this dude, then you solve this puzzle. But there's some, like you can go off the beaten path a little bit to like find some treasure or you know discover some secrets or that sort of thing. And the uh, game looks absolutely gorgeous. I don't know mm -hmm. how the wizards at Phosphor Games are doing, you know, yeah, the wizards at Phosphor are doing. Like their last game looked gorgeous too, but it didn't play as good as this. So this is sort of the complete package of you know, controls well, plays well. The voice acting is actually really, really good. The story's interesting. Gameplay's good. The puzzles are very, like, if you're a hardcore gamer, um, if you've played a lot of Zelda games, um, they're going to be easy for you. Like, none of them really stumped me. Um, the combat's stronger. Like, it's really varied and has a lot of variety to it. And it, mm -hmm. the game's, I was really, really impressed. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, it lost some points for being a little bit repetitive. Uh, but otherwise, there's really not much I don't like about it. Now, I take umbrage with some of the language you use when yeah? you talk about the game. Because okay. you're really stressing that this is like a game that hardcore gamers should pay yeah. attention to. And can't we be done like classifying gamers as like hardcore and, or anything else? Or well, I mean, you see the comments that I get. Whenever I write anything that mentions iPhone, the comments are like, oh, these baby games. Will you stop reviewing these baby games, IGN? Like, that's the sort of thing I get. And so, <laughs> I know. And I'm getting all defensive <laughs> now and angry about it. Um, Just let it out. And, I mean, that's uh, just, but that's just ignorance, though, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, iPhone is a platform like anything else. Like, there is stuff for, you know, young kids. There's stuff for casual gamers. There's stuff for hardcore gamers. And uh, I'm not really wild about the term hardcore gamer either, but it's a shorthand. Like, when you say that, people kind of understand what you're talking about, what yeah. type of game you're I think so. I, uh, We've talked about this before yeah. on GameScoop especially, but I think, in, especially for Justin right now, I think, yeah, it's kind of like a, a bat signal, if you will, or like a flare to say... Hey, people who usually ignore whatever I put up, or you know, if you're if you never pay attention to iPhone games and you only play your 360 or PC, come look at this. This is something yeah. that you might be into. Doesn't you don't think that just perpetuates the stereotype that iPhone games are like aren't real games or something? I mean, what, what do you have to do? You have to get those people through the door to change their minds. Uh, I mean, it's not something that I spend a lot of time thinking about, honestly. You know, I, I think. Damon do. <laughs> I think I think iPhone is very I different. I called Greg at night. Greg, it's like just, can't we can't it's we be done with the morning. hardcore? What's going on, <laughs> I've been thinking more about what defines a hardcore game. Um, if you look, so if you go to Metacritic, yeah. If you look at like the top twenty best reviewed recent games, they're virtually all iOS games. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's just because there's so many more of those coming out. Yeah. They are, I think. You know, but a lot of I mean, my a lot of my peers that you know, there's a handful of sites springing up that cover only iPhone games, and I think a lot of them are way too generous uh, with how they score things. You know, mm -hmm. if it's like decent and kind of fun, they're like, oh, five out of five. You know, so. Well, um, yeah. I mean. But that aside, I mean, I don't. Not every gamer is like you and me, and sort of like I'll play a very casual puzzle game, then I'll go play a shooter, then I'll go play you know a Japanese action game. Like I have very eclectic, wide-ranging tastes, and some gamers don't. They kind of just want. The really high fidelity, high impact, you know, in depth titles, and uh, I'm playing a game called Puzzlecraft that's great. You know, it's just as good as Horn, but it's the difference between night and day. It's very, very casual and simple and easy, and so you know, labeling something as hardcore is a way to sort of get some people to pay attention that maybe wouldn't otherwise. Um, it doesn't mean that it's better or, or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, some people don't want that casual stuff. What do you think, Anthony? I think Horn looks like a cool game. Uh, Primarily, like you know, the, the idea that hard there are like hardcore games and stuff. I get that. Like there are certain people that those are the experiences they still want on iOS. To me, those are like the type of experiences that I'll, I take when they're really good. But that's not what I want when I'm playing on iOS. Mostly, like I still love 
things that I can play in really short bursts. And it sounds like you can do that to a degree with horn yeah. as well. But things like basketball. You like basketball? Basketball's great. Basketball's fantastic. I've been, I've been yeah. out I gave him three bucks, the creator of that three bucks, or the creators of three bucks, because even though they've like had over like 200,000 downloads, they're like broke. Like they don't have any money. Uh, so. well, I mean, it's free. The game is free. Right, but you can buy, unlock the full version for three bucks from within the app. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and their um, conversion rate, like normally they expect, the expectation is like 1% to 2% of people that download your app will, will pay for it in, in that model, and they're seeing a lot lower percentage. Yeah, probably because they give too much for free. Yeah, maybe. they're too um, generous and it's hurting them. So, but yeah, I mean, things like that, and you know, uh, but to me, the iOS device, it's funny, I was, I was talking to someone about this, that, you know, despite having like a computer in your pocket that's like more connected than ever, you know, in theory, like, well, soon we'll be, we could play like a Call of Duty style shooter or something that's online. Yeah. I have no interest in that, though. Like, for me, most of the time when I play, even though it's always online, I don't want to play a multiplayer where we have to be online at the same time. Asynchronous is still where it's at. Like, I agree. it is like, yeah. where that type of multiplayer persists. You know, I'm finally getting to Hero Academy. I'm way late on that. But it's awesome. And it's awesome because of that, because of asynchronous multiplayer. Basketball as well has asynchronous multiplayer that, like, makes a world of difference. Yep. I have a folder on my phone of all my asynchronous multiplayer games. So it's, you know, all the obvious, like, Words with Friends stuff, also Ticket to Ride, also Basketball now. Like, there's becoming a lot more variety in the category. People are understanding that that's how people want to play these mobile games. Game developers are figuring that out, that it lets people fit it into their schedule. Life. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part, is that most of the time when you pull out your iPhone to play games, you're not pulling it out because you're sitting down being like, Time to play some games. You're yeah. like, oh, I have yeah. time to kill. Unless I'm on a plane or something. Sure. So th that's the time when I'll probably I'll probably save Horn honestly yeah. for when I, I have will. like a good I lengthy trip and be Take like, all right, now I'm gonna, to, uh, PAX or I'm gonna dive into this. So. It's good. And I will say, like, for people in this room and for you know maybe a lot of people that are watching or listening, um, Horn is. I mean, the puzzles are easy if you've been playing games for a long time. Like, you'll see it's all the same stuff you've seen in Zelda games before. And I mentioned that in my review. The puzzles are a little disappointing. But the whole package comes together like in a really, really nice way, and you know the combat kind of makes up for the weak puzzles a little bit. And what excites me the most about this is the game itself is awesome, but it shows potential for you know where mobile can go. This game's not open world, but you can obviously see how they could do an open world game with these same controls, this same sort of style and presentation. And uh, it's just uh, it's a big step in the right direction, and I think people need to reward that. Greg, you gonna check out Horn? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. I mean, I mean no. it sounds great. It sounds cool. I'm, I don't iPhone game. I don't iOS game all that much. And yeah. so I've, I've run into this before. Where we talk about a game and how great it is. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I buy it and then I never play it. And I like sit there and I look, I look at Jetpack Joy. I mean, there's plenty of things on your own platform you're not going to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah. Or any platform. Yeah. I'm just saying, do you plan on playing Pop OEO? Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. See? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't like it. Or no, you, not, Mitch didn't like it. Justin, you mentioned League of, e League of Evil. Uh huh. Uh, one of our viewers, Noah, writes in uh, asking if you've heard of a game called Random Heroes. Yeah, game came out today. Apparently um, by the guys that made League of Evil. It's a little bit like League of Evil, but you have uh, guns. It's more like Mega Man style rather than League of Evil's like a pure platformer. Okay. That is one of the best examples of virtual buttons that are done pretty well, though. Right. League, so, League of Evil? Or? Yeah. So that's why, unlike you know, Damon, you, if, if a game has virtual buttons, um, you're kind of not into it. You're, yeah. you're kind of done. And I'm not that way because sort of the devil's in the details with these things where most games with virtual buttons don't feel that great. You miss buttons. You're missing jumps. Yeah. But uh, you know that game does it well. I think it's probably the best, a uh, best two D game that and most Efron or, the, or most what's it called? Most uh, Efron sounds cool. And those guys do that a good job of like integrating it. Like I, I don't know if the new ones integrated with it, but the League of Evil at least works with like the iCade thing and stuff. Great iCade support. So. Buongiorno. 
Can I have a mushroom, please? Ah, sì, certo. Colin, what were you saying about Dragon's Dogma? It's good. Yeah, it is good, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, I think that's exactly how IGN reviewed it, a 7.5. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Are you enjoying it? Well, I enjoyed it back when it came out and I played it. Okay. I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. And I, I never returned to it. This is one of these games that came out and he's he's like, oh, I'm enjoying Dragon's Dog. I'm like, is that the one that everybody says is a cutscene? He's like, no, I don't even know what game. And I'm like, is that is there is Wrath? And he's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't keep those straight. You yeah, exactly. Really? I can, I, it's impossible. They're the same game. No, the game no, no. couldn't be more in, different. In, ter I'm, in terms I'm, of us titles. not caring okay. and they both came out at one point. And they're both, <laughs> they're both Capcom, Capcom games, games That's why. Oh, there you go. But I think they're actually both good. Adjective, noun. Uh, both those games I played right when they came out and I enjoyed them, but then I got distracted and never returned to them. Gotcha. Okay. Asura's Wrath is good. It's uh, like, you know, it, it's a it's a very anime style cutscene, so if you like anime, you have to be into that sort of stuff. Sure. I don't know if Greg Miller would be into it. I like anime once in a while. I read I bought that Ghostbusters manga. I like that a lot. Manga. I a manga. <laughs> I read Purry Purry. That was a manga. And I watched it I watched Howl's Moving Castle once. Back on your desk you used to have like like horny teenager. Manga on oh yeah, but that's Purry Purry. <laughs> oh, okay, that was Purry Purry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one I liked. See, McCaffrey, if you're not familiar, there's like this 13-year-old guy who wants to be a priest, but they don't want him to be a priest for some reason, so they put him into the all-girls school, and then he gets that into hilarious fun. hijinks. Mm -hmm. And there's this one girl he he's like in love with that I hope he leaves the priesthood for, but he always gets in these embarrassing naked situations with her. Who am I working with? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't figured this out by now. Uh, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hello. Let's Listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Ty Blue did. That's a good name. Any relation to Ty Root? Yeah, I guess I not. They don't that's know. how it goes. First name, if you have the same first name. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's like in Texas, it's kind of like Japan, where you put like ah, the, <laughs> the family name goes front, Ty. Ty says, I'm jumping into Mass Effect from the second in the series. Fill me in on what happened in the first game. Play it on PS3, you get the comic, and you're all filled in. You're all perfect. the best stuff happened in the first no, game? No, all the really boring space <laughs> stuff happened in the first game. All the role-playing happened in the first that game, one, I'll tell you yeah, that much. That is true. But yes, no, you're introduced to Shepard. Actually, the, the best part of the first game is you become a Spectre. Shepard, mm. it's the, the, the first third of the game or so mm. is actually... Miller. <laughs> yeah, it's such a big deal an hour and a half in when you get to become a Spectre, which you have no idea what that is. And I know you uh, you've selected that you were Earthborn in the Soul Survivor, and that doesn't even really matter. <laughs> you get to know this character. No, you so don't. So you do eventually get to shoot aliens. Yes, but first, yes, yeah. there's a really cool part where you get to... Uh, you get to prove yourself and become the first human specter and stand in front of the council and become anointed as a specter where you basically you get to become space cop with no like judge dread basically minus the yeah. you know with a better accent uh, and, yeah that, that's pretty much the arc of the well that's the first part and then it's just yeah it gets into the you got the best bad guy Saren in the first mass effect mm. um, the Saren last really the last act of that game like the last couple hours it's about you know a thirty-hour game, a little more if you want to do everything. But the last couple hours, it's they throw some major story twists at you, and it just go. You're just like, oh my god, I what just happened here? Uh, and then man, the second one that you know once once it got once you're PlayStation crazy. got involved, you're, you're now crazy. you're starting to sound crazy because Mass Effect Two is amazing. Well, as an action game, there's just but there's so what? Like, and the, it is but, what it is. But the ending too is like, oh, there's uh, a giant, there's a giant Terminator that, that makes I have awesome to fight. noises. <laughs> I, 
that, that I will admit that was the stupidest thing. Spoilers for this kid wondering about if he should play Mass Effect 2. But yeah, you go in, there's a giant robot baby standing there. You're like, oh, yeah. All right, no, I, this mission wasn't too suicidal. <laughs> Mass Effect 2 and 3 are, are a lot, technically they're a lot more polished and the combat's smoother, but the, the story, the actual, you know, and supposedly we're supposed to play Mass Effect for the story. You can get it all in the comic, get it all boiled down. <laughs> save the spider people, don't save the spider people. The role people. playing in this story is far and away <laughs> the bet at its best in the first game. Absolutely worth playing. It's my favorite of the three. Call them Mass Effect 1 or 2. Uh, I think they get better as they go. Each one? Yeah. Um, I think they were, I agree that the Mass Effect's uh, emphasis on role playing should have never been removed. Like the, the role playing elements, as we like to sometimes call them, yes. uh, should have never been removed because I think it, they did that to make the game more accessible. Um, and I also agree the story in the original Mass Effect's awesome. I did um, like about original Mass Effect that you would talk to people and you'd get experience points. Mm. I think I might have bitched about that when we, when we first talked about Mass Effect eight years ago or whatever. But in, when they took it away in Mass Effect Two, it was like, oh. Yeah, but other. I mean, I disagree. I, I don't think. I think Harbinger is still the best bad guy in Mass Effect. And, and assuming control. He's just because he's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He's so awesome. And like, because he just appears like in most of the battles. Like you know, like as far <laughs> like he's just like taking people's bodies over and you kind of see them like. Yeah. That is. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, like, you're a punk. <laughs> and, like, so, Take these people over, I shoot you dead. <laughs> so I, I think Mass Effect, I think Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three are, are comparable in quality to each other. I still prefer Mass Effect Three. Um, three is Three is the the, the melding of yeah. One and Two, which it is a great game, absolutely. But you know, play them all. Uh, another question about uh, Mass Effect, Nathaniel. Lavin asks, uh, he says, I was wondering if Does there he was... need to buy a vowel? Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's going on? I was wondering if there was any indication whether or not there would be another game set in the Mass Effect universe. If you don't know, what are your thoughts? Doesn't a game universe that well done deserve more games? There'll definitely be another Mass Effect game. Absolutely. EA is a public company. This will happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Everyone's going to bitch that they're just making another one and then you're all going to buy it. Well, everyone will bitch about anything anyway. <laughs> the, the, uh, I think the new Mass Effect uh, game will be a prequel. Um, Mass Effect Jack's Chronicles. I think oh. it, I, I wrote I wrote a piece actually. No, I, there, no, be no a, I don't like Jack. There'll be a GI. Yeah, Jack's, awesome. be a G. Jane Jack's like, awesome. There'll be a GI Jane like scene in the middle where she shaves her head. Yeah, and I purposely Jack. didn't do her loyalty mission so she. Her would mission die. was the best mission. It was like X Men. <laughs> she's, she's a weird character. I I, I think that the, it would be cool to just go back. I wrote a piece about this on IGN. People can read about it. I had five ideas for prequels and how they can do it. And I think the coolest idea would be to go way back and to when humans first found the Prothean ruins on Mars and uh, what that meant on Earth and like maybe corporations are competing for the rights to find the, you know, the ruins. So almost like a Deus Ex type game um, in that. terms of story in which like it's about like humans figuring out for the first time that they're not alone um, I think would be awesome. And of course going to Pluto and finding the Sharon Mass Relay could be another whole story. What are the chances of a Mass Effect free-to-play MMO? Uh, by the way, EA talks about free-to-play games. Uh, good. Well, but they did just get burned pretty bad on the old Republic. They're, now they're, they're going free-to-play. We'll yeah, see but it does, uh, I guess they'll, it'll all depend on the economics. Figure balls are in motion. If they were getting ready for a Mass Effect MMO free-to-play, it would already be in some kind of development, right? Sure. So it's, how much money have they invested? Maybe they don't pull out. When balls are in motion, it's hard to pull out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Uh, all right, switching gears to The Walking Dead. Oh, yes. This is Spencer Galloway. He says, so I just got episodes one and two of The Walking Dead from PlayStation Plus. Free! Pretty sure that I'll be buying the others when they come out. My question is, should I go ahead and play the first two now or wait until they're all out, play through them all at once? Mm, it's all up to you, Spencer. Like, it is a, a thing because uh, my girlfriend and I played through 
one and two, and we we loved it. And now we're like, yep. now we gotta wait for the third one, which still doesn't have a release date. It's supposed to be coming soon. Yeah, they were hoping they're targeting. They're still on target for this month. So they're hoping the end of the, somewhere in the end of the month before August is out here. So it is a little frustrating that you can't just continue it. But then it's like if you're gonna wait, who knows when all five of them are gonna be out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot like TV shows, right? Exactly. Like it's one of those things. Netflix now, like I caught up on Mad Men and Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and like I was so into those shows, and I felt like I was so in, engrossed in those universes, and then it ended, yep. and then it was like, oh, and I had to wait months to get to the next one, and now you watch them weekly, and like, this I know. sucks. I why did, and it's like, God, why didn't I just wait till everything I, I've been out. binging on HBO Go lately. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the best way to watch. It but is, yeah. there is something to be said with, with uh, Walking Dead where I think they're the perfect, they, they last the perfect amount of time. They're like, the first mm-hmm. one took me about two hours, second one about two and a half. Did them both in one sitting each. Yep. Um, Whereas if if I if you wait till they're all out, then you know do you just do you just go on a on a binge overdose yeah. and just string yourself out on all five episodes at once? Or it's one of those things. It's also up to him how many times he wants to play it. Like that's the big thing for me is like I really dig the games. Obviously, I review them and review them well because they're so good. And then when I'm done or when I'm done with my first playthrough, I immediately jump back in and go and do the different choices. And so mm-hmm. now I have all these different saves that are branching out in different paths. And while I like that a lot and it gives me a reason to keep playing them, kind of be engaged, waiting for the next episode, it would be cool. I think that when they're all out, I'm gonna stop and start again from the very beginning and play through and you know stick with this is my real character. This yeah. is my real choice. So yeah. I wouldn't mind, I don't think, sitting, waiting, and you know, if I could, and do it all at once, and then, even then, when I'm done with that, come back and do it, a, you know, a different way, make lead jerk. It's a trade-off, because if you wait, and you, you play through them all at once, I think that's the best way to, cons- at least with television, that's the best way to consume television yeah. today. But if you watch them as they're airing, week by week, then you get to be a part of the conversation. Sure, sure. everybody. Very on Monday true. morning, and you get true. to talk about Breaking Bad. And you, you know, I think playing them one at a time, as, as we're doing now, you do get you get more time to digest each mm-hmm. one and really mm-hmm. think about it. Whereas I think if you wait till they're all out, it'll sort of all be a blur. It, I'm sure it'll be a great ride if sure. you just go do all five in a week or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, you know, we get to we come into the office the next day, as you're saying, Damon, and just like, what did you do? How'd you do this? Mm-hmm. Who'd you save? And the, and the good thing about them is I don't I don't think that any of them so far really end on a cliffhanger. They're 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 self-contained stories in the, in the Walking Dead universe, right? Yeah. Like like there's a tease at end at the end of two about like something that might be coming, and there's at the end of one all the lights go out. And you're I like, know, which they don't. Well, spoilers, but they don't really follow up on that. But well, they don't need to, right? I mean, well, like, I, I thought they were. I, th- I thought they were setting something up, but then oh, I think it's just them showing that everything's going to going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, you get these little stories of how bad everything is right now. And then you jump back and see what's happening. The games are very good. Yeah. Everyone should play them. I'm Dr. Wily. My robots deny the controls of the world. As soon as they get rid of that blue tweed Mega Man and his robot dog rush. Bomb Man, make sure they have a blast. What? Mega Man's taking over the bomb? Good man, watch out. Mega Man can use your own power against you just like that. Okay, Mega Man. Can you stop Proto Man and Guts Man at the same time? I don't think so. Mega Man, collect them all from Bandai. Colin, this is a question about Mega Man. Oh, okay. Do you know anything about Mega Man? I know a thing or two about Mega Man. This is Adicio Martinez. Mega Man is turning 25 in December. Did we know this? December 17th, yep. Seems like Capcom doesn't really care. I would love to see a compilation comparable to the Street Fighter Anniversary Collector's set with the entire catalog on Xbox Live or PSN with achievements and trophies, but that seems highly unlikely. Is the Blue Bomber still profitable, or am I seeing a demand that doesn't exist? Um, yeah, the Blue Bomber is profitable for sure. Uh, so Capcom has been Capcom has said, um, you know, on the record that Mega Man Nine and Mega Man Ten were both profitable games. 
Um, and those games are obviously not made really for... Now, those are 8-bit games, mm -hmm. so they Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully right? they are profitable. It costs $12 and one well, for the, the development. I, I, I wouldn't underestimate how much money those games cost to make, and the fact that a really good studio made them. Because um, those, weren't, sure, those sure. weren't internal Capcom games. Any creates made those games, and that's a studio that also made you know, the Mega Man Zero games and stuff like that. Like, those are really good games. So um, that was like a, that was probably an awesome project for them to like, especially for newer developers to go back and use old school tools. But that's, mm -hmm. that's an aside. Uh, Mega Man, my, my theory has always been and will continue to be that Capcom has, has it out for KG and Afune and that they have no intention of respecting Mega Man. And at least now. And um, now if we're going to see a new Mega Man game, a real new Mega Man game, that they will reboot Mega Man. And it will be called Mega Man and it will be like something like maybe an open world, almost like Mega Man Legends type game, I think. Um, that's my theory. I think that it's pretty clear that they have it out for Inafune, uh, considering they canceled Mega Man Legends 3 when the game was running, and they canceled Mega Man Universe, and Clements played Mega Man Universe. Like, that game was, like, on its way to being finished. So I don't understand then, why, why they would do something like that. They so did the public slide of putting not the real Mega Man into whatever, whichever oh, yeah, fighting game. Tekken, Tekken, or Street Fighter Cross Tekken I has... I that's a slide. I think that's cool. I, 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 the word on that was that Inafune signed off on that. I mean, not that he had to, he doesn't own the character, but... Um, that that was okay with him. I don't know if that's if that's true or not. It, it was funny. I didn't take that like super personally, but as it a was, Mega it Man, was a jab. as a Mega it Man was, fan, you heard it here first. Capcom just poking <laughs> in a Fune. See, I think I think Capcom and Konami are in the if same boat with poke. With, she smoke. Yeah. Oh, no, the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she pokes, she smokes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, but I think Capcom and Konami are in the same boat with two of their old school franchises, in which they could annualize Mega Man. Basically just make Mega Man 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, rele release those games every year in 8-bit form, probably make money on them. Castlevania can do the same thing with the Symphony of the Night style Castlevania games that were on GBA and DS, and for some reason they just totally abandoned that as well. So, um, But I think that they probably have something planned for 25th anniversary, which is December 17th. That's when Mega Man came to Famicom in 1987. Um, but, you know, I don't know. They, they announced that, that free-to-play iOS game that's like a role-playing game or something. Yeah, it's called Mega Man Crossover, I think, and... I don't know who the fuck wants to play that, but, uh, you know, to each his own. Um, but I, I, I'm with him in that, you know, we need Mega Man, a new Mega Man 11. We need a new Mega Man X game, which I think is the most requested game. People want Mega Man Legends 3. They almost had it. Um, so it's, it's sad. It's, I, Mega Man's in a sad state of disrepair right now. It's interesting that you say that you think Capcom's got it out for him. I, I had a unique opportunity to sit down with Inafune at uh, GDC this year and ask him straight up, you know, what would you think if they did one without you? And, you know, maybe he was just being respectful and... And uh, and humble, but he said he left behind a lot of really great talent. There's you know, a lot of people he really respects there, and he would love to see what they would do without him. Yeah, I think that he's going to find out one way or the other. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that regardless of his intentions, I, I just I don't know. I want to see what they like. Mega Man has great potential because could you imagine a gritty, almost open world Mega Man game in which like no, in, you're describing? Yeah, you're describing every gamer's worst nightmare. Well, right now. no, but think about think. I, I mean, I'm I, I, you wouldn't find a bigger Mega Man fan in the entire fucking world than me. And like, right. I, and I'm and I'm totally open to uh, them trying something different if if they try something cool. Because the idea behind Mega Man about like a, a you know a crazy scientist making robots and and trying to take over the world, destroy things, or whatever, like that could actually fit in a world that is not comical. Um, and it's a matter of like how they do something like that. Mega Man X was almost a step in that direction because Mega Man X was a little bit more serious um, and somber because you were like finding like Doctor Light's little capsules and he was talking to you after he died and stuff like that. Like it took like a more. Did you get choked a, up? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Mega Man <laughs> begins. So, I, I, so my, my theory, a Mega Man reboot called Mega Man will come out. 
And uh, I can see that happening. Yeah. My thought would be that there are hardcore Mega Man fans out there like yourself, but there aren't enough of them to sell the millions of copies that Capcom would like to sell. They tried this with Bionic Commando, too. Ooh. Yeah, th that's true, but Bionic <laughs> Commando is not nearly and never was as big as Mega Man. And right. so, you know, I agree with you that like it seems like it's almost like uh, it's like an Activision thing where they want to either you know sell a lot of games or not try at all, as opposed to maybe just making a little bit of a profit. Um, but the fact that any the fact that Capcom outsourced to a second party to make Mega Man Nine and Ten and still made money indicates that those games sold pretty well. And uh, you know, in my heart, I hope we get Mega Man Eleven in an eight bit form. This is Peter Zographicus. That's a good name. Sounds like an alien, good read. alien well name, I think. He just made it up when he came to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Peter. Been a huge fan of IGN for years. I'm a big of a, I'm as big of a nerd as any one of you there. Okay, Peter. Won't argue. Sounds like what an alien would say. <laughs> <laughs> my question for you is, will we ever see Conker's Bad Fur Day again? It was, and still is, one of my favorite games. The transfer to the original Xbox was great, but I feel the multiplayer was just not the same as its N64 version. I don't know about you guys, but an exact revamp of the original would make me really excited. I agree with you completely on the remake for Xbox. It was a beautiful game, well put together, but Microsoft got out of the, the mascot platformer business a well, long time wants, ago. He wants a revamp of the original, and Microsoft has brought Perfect Dark and Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie all to Xbox Live Arcade. They could do that with Conker's Bad Fur Day, too. That could happen. I mean, uh, but yeah, I think, they, I think they tried it on Xbox One, and I think it's even backwards compatible, so if you did mm -hmm. want to go dig it up, I mean, obviously he owns it already, but yeah, everybody that, that really made Rare Rare is long, long gone at this <laughs> yeah, point. That's true. Um, and Rare seems to be a factory for avatars and avatar games like Connect Sports. Um, they, they don't seem to have any interest in, in, re in bringing back their old, their old beloved characters. So I'm, I'm not holding my breath for that one at all. Conker's Bad Fur Day was such a weird game when it was released. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, well, I love so, that it was that it was released on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, exactly. It was so anti, you know, Nintendo as far as the what you expect yeah. from a Nintendo console. Poor Rare. <laughs> what a what a story of just taking a buying a company at the, at its height and just destroying it, just absolutely destroying it. It's really really sad. Was like, it its height? I don't know if it was its height. Well, I think because that like it's coming off its the N64 era. It was obviously. I mean, it's been making games since the NES era. So like, yes. I think it was like on, tra on a trajectory. Uh, after the N64 era to fucking go through the roof. I feel like that, but that was its height, because then on GameCube they were making Star Fox Adventures. Yeah, Star Fox Adventures wasn't supposed to be a Star yeah, Fox Force game. Gemini, I know. Oh, to be fair. The Stamper Brothers are the ones laughing all the way to the bank. They're, they're on a tropical island somewhere sipping fruity <laughs> drinks with an umbrella. Like, I understand why Oh, what? Connect Sports? Mm, whatever. I understand why people are mad. At, like, a lot of people are very passionately mad about, about what happened to Rare, and I, I get that. Yeah, I totally get it, because they were awesome. Also, you should go play the Rare Classic Anticipation on NES, because it's... It's, rad. it's also a like, like board game. Yeah, I used to love that game when I was a kid. <laughs> it is worth noting, though, that their, their uh, Xbox output has actually been pretty good. The Banjo games I loved, were pretty good. Uh, I Cameo Banjo, gets uh, a lot of hate. I really thought it was a great launch title. Perfect Dark was not the horrible game. It was just, it was just okay. It wasn't Perfect the killer Zero. app. Yeah, Zero was not the killer app that everybody wanted. And, uh, and the one I'm leaving out, Viva Pinata. Oh, yeah, a, a lot of people a really good Pinata. game. And it was, yeah. you know, they tried to blow it up into this huge IP. They had a Saturday morning cartoon for like five minutes, and that just didn't work. But, you know, they've done some good stuff, but unfortunately, lately, it's all been Connect Sports and Avatars. Yeah. Money. I get it. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three dollar bill, y'all. Well, that, I, I think that we got a long way to recoup that $325 million purchase price. Yeah. Still, still a long way to go. 
That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon, this is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.